This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah and welcome to Life Beats with me Sally Musa. Award-winning crime author Jessica Yalvi is back sharing some of her favorite books and authors on the page turner. And it's a fantastic list that includes some Swedish classics from The Rebel, Pippi Longstocking, to what some call the greatest piece of literature ever written, Anna Karenina, Rhonda Burns' The Secret, and the heartbreaking poetry of Karen Boy. This is a list of must-reads that we cannot wait to get stuck into. Be part of the conversation and message us with your favourites too. Text in 4215. Or get us at Pulse 95 Radio on Instagram. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner. On Life Beats with With Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Pulse 95. Yes, it is time to talk books and authors of impact, and I'm excited to be welcoming back today for the page turner, Swedish author of psychological thrillers, When I Wake Up and What Did I Do, Jessica Yalvi. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. So good to have you back on the show, and and of course, fittingly for the page turner, as you yourself are an author. But uh, I've got to say, um, you know, every week we do invite a new guest with their four favorites. Uh, and it can be from anywhere, any book, any genre. It doesn't matter what it is. And, and this is really, you know, so exciting because we discover something new every week. And what I love here is that you've brought your Swedish heritage yeah, into the I list. It. It's influenced me. <laughs> what can I say? We've got to start with the first one. The strongest girl in the world. She is a, a, a rebel who was in the making three quarters of a century ago. I just love, love, love this girl, Pippi Longstocking. I know, she's amazing. And she's so timeless as well. Yes, about by Astrid Lindgren. Now, um, talk to me about this. When did you first read it? What, what impact did this story have on you? So I can't even remember what age. It would have probably been one of the first books. And you uh, that was Swedish, around. Obviously. Yes, exactly. Um, and then later, yeah, I would have seen it, seen the movies. Um, not, the, not the animations. I don't think they only came later. But yeah, the books were just so full of imagine, imagination. I think, especially as a, as a girl, uh, here is this girl who is strong, uh, but she's also this rebel, but she's also rich and she's kind and generous to everybody. And she's funny. She goes against the strain. I mean, she lives on her own. She has a monkey and a, and a horse living in her house. She bakes on the floor. She sleeps with her feet on the she's, pillow. She's literally the coolest. <laughs> she's so cool. And she doesn't have to go to school. Even though in Sweden, by law, you have to go to school, she somehow manages to avoid that. And um, Exactly. She doesn't like school. No. And she, and also by law, you have to live with your parents. So mm. there's always this woman trying to get her into her home. And you know, it's just, yeah, it's just so much humor and how she deals with everything. I love it. Mm. It's so fantastic. Let's uh, take a listen here to uh, one, just one of the many, many adaptations uh, that we've seen over the years in both TV and film all about this incredible character. Pippolata, Delicatessa, Window Shade, Mackerel Mint, Ephraim's Daughter, Longstocking, is about to make a name for herself. 
Longstocking. From the pages of Astrid Lindgren's classic storybooks comes one of literature's most exceptional young ladies in her very own animated adventure. Follow Pippi and her friends on an unforgettable musical adventure. Children need a little order in their lives. Especially if they can order it themselves. <laughs> I love it. Just, you know, it, it just kind of captures a little bit of, uh, you know, that rebel spirit of hers uh -huh. that she is just willing to go against, which is one of the reasons why this, this book was so extraordinary at the time that mm -hmm. it was written, but it's still... a the thing is, it's still amazing today to read that. I know. And if you think about it, it's kind of sad because her mother's passed away and her father is living in the Caribbean. Mm. So, you know, if you if you could look at it from a different perspective and think it's actually quite sad that she lives alone with this monkey and this horse. But she has this incredible um, spirit. She's so positive and cheerful and she kind of spreads joy. I mean, obviously, she does mess things up a lot of the time because she has no idea how to behave, which is really funny. But she's just so brings this positive energy and I think that's actually one of the things that kids love do you have you know are, are there like special quotes that kind of stick with you from Pippi Longstocking uh, there are some songs uh, that I'm not going to attempt to sing <laughs> that I do sing with the kids in the car um, uh, and obviously I'm trying to reinforce that we speak Swedish at home so we so do it's try perfect oh, to, to do you know both that yeah know. exactly and but they and then they they will watch you know, obviously the English cartoons as well so your kids love it as well they do like all of them even in, like, from my oldest to my youngest they all just fascinated uh, uh, it's just amazing what I love about this there's one of uh, the uh, situations that she finds herself in is uh, walking past a perfume shop. This is one of my favorite scenes uh, right. from Pippi Longstocking. Uh, and in the show window was a large jar of freckle salve. And uh, beside the jar was a sign which read, Do you suffer from freckles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what does the sign say? asked Pippi. She couldn't read very well because she didn't want to go to school as other children did. It says, do you suffer from freckles, said Annika. Does it indeed, said Pippi thoughtfully. Well, a civil question deserves a civil answer. Let's go in. She opened the door and entered the shop, closely followed by Tommy and Annika. An elderly lady stood back of the counter. Pippi went right up to her. No, she said decidedly. What is it you want, asked the lady. No, said Pippi once more. I don't understand what you mean, said the lady. No, I don't suffer from freckles, said Pippi. Then the lady understood, but she took one look at Pippi and burst out. But my dear child, your whole face is covered with freckles. I know that, said Pippi, but I don't suffer from them. I love them. Good morning. <laughs> I love it. I know. It's just like, She's yes. awesome in every way. <laughs> she really is. She understands who she is. She understands her identity, her personality, exactly. her power, and she uses it. That is okay to be who you are. It's yes. such a great message. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. That is your first pick, and I cannot wait to get to the second book, 
that you've chosen, which is uh, basically referred to as one of the greatest pieces of literature ever written. That's coming up next right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the page turner. The page turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Pulse 95. Yes, Jessica Yalvi is our special guest today and uh Lots of discussion about um, Pippi Longstocking still. You know, the the way that that story is still alive today is incredible. You were telling me uh, in the break how in her town, in Astrid Lindgren's town, they actually act out the the character still. Well, they've created a village in the county where she comes from. Uh, And so all the different books, you know, I mean, she wrote loads of books. Yes. So all the sort of, you know, characters, yeah, they have actors and actresses walking around in this. So, you know, you can go and stay for the weekend, basically, and, and act is that mm. every day and they put shows on and so on yeah i mean the kids who are so familiar with these stories they absolutely love it i, I, I love where the story itself came from because you know it was astrid's daughter she wasn't feeling well mm-hmm. one day and asked for a story and this is where it came from i know um you know just her uh philosophy on children astrid's absolutely philosophy. she understood them and she had such an amazing sense of imagination because all the books that she's done they're, they're very different yeah but yeah. really memorable um, timeless. She's quoted as saying uh, that, uh, you know, in bringing up children, all you have to do is uh, give them love, more love, and still more love, and the common sense will come by itself. Oh, I love that. Right? Yeah. I just, and, you know, amazing, amazing woman, uh, and one of the most memorable characters in literature she's mm. given us. Moving That's on funny. to um, uh, your second pick. This no, is a bit a heavier. One. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Anna Karenina by Tolstoy. Um, because it was the first novel I, I read in English. I had literally just moved to London on a one-way ticket. I was 18. Uh, I was living in this loft in London, and I bought this book in a second-hand bookshop. And it was, I don't can't remember now, it was 600 pages or something. Did you realize that it was such an epic, uh, you know, one of the most epic stories? I mean, I was always a big reader. So I think it was one of those books I was on my list I wanted to read. And I, I just wanted to tackle something. Yeah. And I like a challenge. So, and I got so sucked into it. Um, and I have to admit, I haven't actually reread it. And that's 25 years ago. Mm. Uh, I still have the book. Uh, and I really definitely now want to reread it. But it had such, the fact that 25 years later, it still has such a huge impact on me. I can still remember all the emotional battles in the book, both what the characters had internally and externally. And and for me, being quite young and sort of new into the world, um, discovering myself, uh, it was really interesting. And I think it was one of the one of the things that inspired me to, to be a writer myself. I thought if somebody can create this. Uh, and keep me entertained and also have this impact on me, I would love to be able to do that for other people. This particular uh, novel, uh, published back in 1878, uh, which is quite incredible because the the themes in it, they're so timeless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's easy to relate to them, uh, you know, even today. Uh, But... I can imagine being 18, that would have been like the perfect age to read that kind of a story because it explores all of the different aspects and facets and relationships of love. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, exactly. From so many different angles. Exactly. Um, and I think I, I shortly after this, I bought a copy of War and Peace because <laughs> I, I, I loved Anna Karina so much. But I don't know, I just didn't get into that quite as much. Maybe that's because there were like several pages of all the characters that you have to, they have lists of characters right. in the beginning of the book. Um, and it just, it didn't have that same impact for me. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I would love to go back and re- I never reread books ever because there are so many new books out there that I want to discover. But I think this is one that I need to dig out from my storage and uh, and read. And this is the thing, you know, um, I, I love what you said about the fact that you've got so many books on your d- to read list mm-hmm. that it is difficult to go back and, and reread books, especially with something as epic as this. Um, uh, it's in eight parts um, with more than a dozen major characters. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, it's it's like, you know, the... the incredible absolutely incredible uh but you know with an impact to this day there have been so many adaptations of this i know and i haven't seen any of them i've been so afraid that i'm going to be disappointed (laughs) that i haven't seen any. i I keep thinking i'm going to but then i don't and that's the thing you think is the film going to live up to the story it really does it's do you feel that oh yeah i mean sometimes but i will say actually sound of music if you read the book and you watch the movie, I would say actually the movie is better than the book. Yes. But that is one of few examples. Yes. I think mostly um, just the way that you imagine things based on the book, it just can never really quite translate. And the characters, you build the characters up in your head and then they're not like that on the screen. It's it's really hard not to be let down. It's fascinating. You know, I, I love that you just said um, Sound of Music. I recently watched the film Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, yes. Which is all about uh, the father of um, PJ Travers, who is the author of Mary Poppins. Right. And it was all about her struggle of not wanting to let go of her, mm-hmm. her story. Mm-hmm. And have it made into a film. Right. And it was fascinating. And of course, now the movie's legendary. It's impossible mm-hmm. to replicate the magic of that movie. Yeah. So taking, mm. you know, that thing of, of going from the page to the screen, mm. that is something we need to explore further. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of which, um, it's interesting, you know, because we do, we are on the radio here. Do you know back in 1949, uh, they had um, a, a radio uh, ad- adaptation of it? Really? So, yes, it was a radio wow. production. And guess who uh, starred in that? Marlena Ooh. Dietrich. Really? Yes. It must have been a shortened version of the book because <laughs> it would have been hours. <laughs> I think at that time, radio was so part of people's lives. Really? It just, they do. They, wow. they, you know, they would let things like this productions would run mm, for hours i guess yeah you know so um let's take a listen now to um this is the 2012 adaptation the film adaptation of anna karenina um it was uh, the british version by joe wright and uh, screenplay by tom stoppard starring kira knightley and jude law here are the characters talking about the film I remember the book as being just incredibly romantic. Was it love? Always. Love is a choice. You have choice in love. I've got nothing left now except you. Falling in love and staying with that one person forever. Thinks I can give you up and go on living. No. It's both modern and classic at exactly the same time. That's why classics are classics and the, and the reason that stories like Anna Karenina last through the ages. about epic is it's made up of many things it's the size of the story has to be epic to start with and the casting and the characters have to be epic as well the story of anna karenina is a story of love in its many forms there is 
Levin's love for Kitty, the love between husband and wife, there's the love between Oblensky and Dolly, the love between siblings, mother love and baby love, adulterous love. Love is always a topic. Would you die for love, Konstantin Dmitrovich? I would. The main narrative is about Anna and her husband, Karenin. Your husband is a saint, and we must all cherish him for Russia's sake and of the man she falls perhaps in love, perhaps in lust with. They have a certain place in society and it's a bolt of lightning from the outside world opens her eyes. I be of service to you. To another way of living, another way of loving and another way of being. Bonsky and Anna fall in love from their soul and their heart. This is wrong. Makes no difference. I do see the Anna and Vronsky side of it as being about passionate love, but it's the physical side of love. With Karenin, she's unable to recognize the love that he does actually feel for her. Vronsky has robbed me of my cloak. I'll give him my coat. No, I, I... It's not enough. She doesn't think that it's there, and it is. It's the tragedy in that relationship, and she's totally unable to see that, and he's unable to vocalise it in the way that she needs. He's also emblematic of the longevity that responsibility can sometimes outlive and outlast passion. An impure love is not love to me. Levin and Kitty's story is perfect love. I think Levin's idea of love is really pure. Kitty is of the heavens, an angel. The Levin and Kitty storyline is an incredibly important storyline to give the balance. I only came with one purpose. Levin's story is basically an antidote to Anna's story. Love being based on a more intellectual connection between two people, lasting a lifetime. I guess I'm a romantic. I love the scene where Levin and Kitty reunite. They're not able to speak to each other because they're don't dare to ask a question because they don't know what the other one will answer. I never stopped. He is the soul of the film. And I think what he's striving for is what everyone should be striving for. Everyone's fighting for the same thing, to be surrounded and be loved. It is an incredibly complex story. There is love between them. You understand where they're coming from. I think what we're all trying to do is just really reflect the beauty and the complexities of the story itself. The emotions and the analysis of love and, and how humans behave in relationships will always be relevant. People that can take that sort of jump and that leap, and they're the people that we fantasize being. It's the most powerful thing I think we have, you know, love, and it's how far you'd go for love. I love you. Why? This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Right, so from Anna Karenina to The Secret. Uh, I love this. You've chosen The Secret, Jessica, by uh, Rhonda Byrne. And this is one of those books that really splits people, Mm -hmm. I find. You know, even though... Um, it's sold more than 30 million copies no, it's incredible. Know, since uh, 2006. It's mm-hmm. been such a long time um, that this book has been out by Rhonda Byrne based on the earlier film of the same name. And it's based on the belief of the law of attraction, which basically claims that thoughts can change a person's life directly. So mm-hmm. um, t- talk to me about why you've chosen this one. Uh, I've chosen it because I think it's uh, an accessible self-help book. I think there are so many out there 
uh, that will voice the opinion of one person. Mm. And that's what I like about this. Like she's brought a lot of different teachers together. So you can kind of pick and choose what you know you feel works for your life. Uh, and it's also the essential theme is to be grateful. And I think that in, in our day uh, and age, we sometimes forget to be grateful about the little things. Yes. You know, and I think that it's, it's an amazing reminder that we, even though we maybe want more, to think about what we already have. And we have so much to be grateful for. Uh, you know, if you look at history, for example. Um, so I think that's what I really like about the book, that it kind of embodies that, being positive, seeing the silver lining in things. Um, you know, being grateful and um, yeah, and creating your own life. Don't be a victim, uh, but actually take some action and and create the life that you really want. Have you? Uh, you know, I, I know that a lot of people have kind of uh, put the the principles of the book into practice mm, and yes. and have been able to achieve certain things yes. in their life, which is very exciting. Has it worked for Absolutely. you? Absolutely, yes. And talk to me about that. So I was really inspired to um, to do a vision board, for example, yeah. uh, which is something that I now do every year. And sometimes my husband and I will do one together. So we kind of, at the beginning of the year, think about what are our goals this year. And it's quite a nice um, thing to do, actually, together. Uh, but yes, I had on there that I wanted to be an author. I, had, I was speaking at uh, a certain literary event, which I've now done three times. Uh, so yes, absolutely. I think if you have pictures up, um, I, I tend to keep it in my bedroom. And you look at it every now and then and you kind of try and feel that feeling of what would that feel like? Because you can so easily live in fear and think, what if I don't get it? But, you know, try and think about what if I do achieve it? What is that going to feel like? Mm. And if you focus on that, um, and I'll tell you as well um, what happened to me when I submitted to a writing competition. I really visualized being on that stage and receiving that prize, like over and over again. I had really kind of, you know, what was I going to wear and who was I going to bring with me? Um, and I really, really like just it happened in my head so many times when it actually happened. It was it was a shock, obviously, in one way, but another way it wasn't actually that strange because I had experienced it already. Wow. And I think some people think that you're a bit crazy when you talk like that. My husband sometimes says, you know, don't tell people everything goes on in your head because you sound a bit crazy. But actually, I do really believe that that if you really focus on the good things in life and what you want, um, you can achieve things. It's fascinating that you say that. Really interesting. And, and congratulations once again. Thank you. you know, we've talked about this before and it is incredible. That is an amazing achievement. Uh, but um, just yesterday, uh, we had on the show Luke Cortino, who's a, a global holistic healing expert and uh, he's somebody that believes in healing people beyond medicine he right. believes in medicine mm -hmm. but actually he, f he feels like yeah. our body has so much more mm -hmm. power than that and he spoke about one of the things one of the many things he spoke about uh, uh, was the power of visualization yeah. you know of patients who can visualize mm -hmm. coming out of illness mm -hmm. and they actually do it yeah you know th this is something that we can use um, absolutely in our lives in so many ways mm. I know exactly and I think um, uh, funnily enough I have I have arthritis and I have to get injections for this and the last time I went they said to me um, you know this lowers your immune system and you can get a cold and and so of course I got a cold you know, every single time I've gone for injections before, I'd never had a cold because I didn't know that you can get a cold from it. You didn't have the expectation No, exactly. In your mind. And now suddenly I did. So it just shows that, you know, for, for good and bad, you know, you're, the power of your mind. So why not use it for good? <laughs> you know?
Of course, we've had on this uh, very show, we've had one of the people who were featured in uh, in The Secret right. from the very beginning in the film, uh, Lisa Nichols, uh, the global motivational speaker. She's an amazing woman. Uh, but I love that she said that they filmed her, you know, initially, mm-hmm. and she had no idea that she was actually in it right. until the film came out. Right, because they interviewed so many, I guess. They interviewed mm. so many people, and then she was called back once again. Uh, let's take a listen to her explaining the whole idea of the law of attraction and the secret. So, it, you know, the, the premise of it, the very basic is energy grows where energy goes. If you think about that as the foundation, wherever you put your energy, that's going to rise. If your energy is in fear and things to be afraid of, you're going to find more things to be afraid of. If your energy is love and possibility and growth, you're going to find love and see love everywhere. You're going to love the leaves. You're going to love the flowers. You're going to love, you'll find it. Energy grows where energy goes. If you put energy on shifting your wealth and focusing on new revenue stream versus spending your energy worrying about money, but on new revenue streams, you'll find new revenue streams. But really, if you if you focus your energy on ways to serve people and ways to bring joy and ways to be a solution. So the foundation of the law of attraction is energy grows where energy goes. Your thoughts are forming your life experience. When you think about something enough, you're shaping your life experience. If you say, oh, my God, all I see is blue. I see blue everywhere. There's no extra blue around you. You're now just seeing more blue because you just, in your mind, you said blue is everywhere. So there's no extra blue. You just see more blue. So you're shaping your life experience in your mind and your thoughts. And then when you speak it, my grandmother used to say you can speak life into someone with your tongue and you can speak death into someone with your tongue because the power of the tongue is so incredible that when you speak it, it is so. When you say it, it is real. What, you know, Henry Ford said, whatever you believe is true. If you believe you can do it, you can. If you believe you can't, you can't. Whatever you believe is true. The law of attraction is just that. That's it. The law of attraction isn't a new concept. It's a very old concept. It's in our oldest book. It says, ask, believe, receive. Know that there's a, there, whatever you call your higher power, whatever you call it, there's, there's, there's a universal energy that innately is working on your behalf. The world is working for you, not against you, unless you commit to the belief system that the world is working against you. Then it has to show up. Here's the crazy thing is that you're writing your life story. Anything you say has to be true. It has to be true. You just got to figure out what life story you want to write. And so that's how people can come from horrific backgrounds and all of a sudden they have these crazy amazing lives they just wrote the story they just wrote the story and that's what we're doing every single day exactly but you know that i guess the book kind of teaches you to be really aware of exactly what you're saying to yourself absolutely but i think what she said there about focusing on love is so true that instead of thinking about everything that annoys you think about everything that you love whether it's the flowers in your garden or is watching your kids smile or whatever it is or you know you had an easy ride getting to work you focus on all those things and you'll have more of that. And also life is just so much more enjoyable when you think of it like that. And what she was saying as well um, uh, about energy is don't judge people. Try and be kind to people um, because, you know, everybody 
has their own stuff that they're going through that you're not aware of and try and put yourself into other people's shoes mm. uh, and not judge. I think that is one of the hardest things is not to judge. We do it so often without even thinking about it. But I try consciously to not judge, but I'm not always successful. Yeah. It's work in progress. It's a, it's a big one that we uh, all kind of have to get into for sure. Uh, but I love that so much. Uh, if uh, anybody's missed that particular interview, that was an amazing interview. Uh, with Lisa Nichols and uh, learn so much from that. It is on the podcast for Life Beats, um, as well as Luke Cortino's podcast. He said the same thing mm. about it's so powerful. Like it, it just it almost shakes you. You can speak life into mm-hmm. someone, and you can speak death yes. into someone. Exactly. You know, when when a doctor says to a patient, mm. "You're going to die in three months," they will die in yeah, three months. Exactly. Because that's their expectation. Yeah, and also don't don't put your life in the hands of someone. Else. Else. Take charge of your own life. Yep. Uh, you are in charge of your own thoughts. Write your own story. I love it. That's uh, exactly what we're doing here. And uh, coming up next, some incredible poetry, amazing poetry from uh, a Swedish icon, really. Yes. Yes. Very well known. I cannot wait to uh, share this with you. We are on Life Beats with the patient with Jessica Yalvi. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Award-winning author Jessica Yalvi is here sharing her top four favourites. Well, current top four favourites. I'm sure like other authors and, and other bibliophiles, you have changing favourites, don't you? Definitely, but I think these four have more of an, had an impact on my life. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Okay. Uh, this one, uh, I had never heard of this author before, but she mm. is a Swedish icon. Yeah, she's very famous in Sweden. Karin Boye. Mm-hmm. Correct. Did I get it right? Yes, yes. that's correct. Yes. Uh, you've got Hidden Lands, which is a, a collection of poems by her. Talk to me about uh, this particular writer. She's extraordinary. She is because she was very ahead of it of the times. Um, she was uh, born 1900 uh, and she went to high school. She also had a degree. She was working as a teacher. She traveled. Uh, and I think for a woman in, in those times, that was, you know, pretty um, cool <laughs> I'd say revolutionary yeah <laughs> definitely so she she seemed very comfortable in her own skin that she was who she was and she was going to do what she wanted to do and I think that's why her literature really appeals to people she wrote uh, three novels um, the last novel that she wrote uh, Calicane I, I absolutely love actually um, but uh, yeah I want to talk about her poetry because it's so heartfelt uh, and emotional and uh, and this particular one, Hidden Lands, is her second collection of poems. Um, and I have it both in, in Swedish and in English. And it's just one of those books that travels with me everywhere I move to. It's, I've had it forever. I actually realized that this one, particular one I brought into the studio, somebody gave to me for my 18th birthday. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's survived. Um, Bjorn Yulin, who's the Associate Professor in uh, Literature and Head of the Karin Boyer Society, uh, who was... Um, he talks about her poetry uh, as being about quite simple things, how to live and how life should be lived. It's about the pain of imperfection when perfection is desired. Yes, of course, it hurts, she says in one of her most often quoted poems. It does hurt as no person alive can ever be the one he or she really 
desires or wants to be. Mm. Beautiful. I, I mean, you know, it's incredible the depth of feeling mm. in her words. And you're going to read out to us uh, a couple of her poems. Yes, I'd they love are to. so simple. Yeah. And yet so penetrating. Exactly. It's like this depth to them that I really admire. So which is, which is the first one? That I'm going to read The Thorn. Mm. Adeptly do you prick, thorn. Well do you bite, cruel small arrows of the earth. Slack, slow, carelessly heavy. My foot rests on the road. Compelled harshly to tension, when thorns sting, my smarting foot flexes to run. In flight, onward, it runs. That's it's incredible. It's amazing. About I think so. You know, something like a thorn, but just so much is said in so uh, few lines. It's just beautiful. The Way Home is uh, is another one that you've picked. Yes. Um, right, so I'll read that one as well. The Way Home. I know a way that leads home. It is hard to go that way. Every traveller there grows poor and small and ugly and grey. I know a way that leads home. That way is bare, pure-blown. It is like leaning one's warm cheek against unmerciful stone. But he who has felt that stone on his cheek's frozen blood will perceive how gentle its hardness is, how faithful and firm and good. And he will thank the stone and the hardness love will he and praise the only battle that was worth his victory. So beautiful. I love it so much. But I have to ask you something mm-hmm. because sure. obviously she wrote in Swedish. Yes. So when you read these translations. Yeah, it's a little odd. You know, <laughs> is it is it odd? Does it live up to what you're reading in Swedish? Because, you know, I know that sometimes yeah. translation is a very difficult thing, you know, but when Absolutely. you're going from, say, Arabic to English, Swedish mm. to English. So it, as somebody who understands both languages extremely well mm. and writes it in both languages, mm. how, how does that feel? How how does translation play into this? I think sometimes things get lost in translation. I have to say that those translations um, translated by uh, David McDuff, they are actually pretty good and um, really stick to the original uh, really well. I think it really captures the original but I think I've grown up reading them in Swedish. It is a little hard, I think, sometimes when I read uh, them in English to to get that same sense of feeling, mm. um, that kind of rawness that I used to read this when I was quite young. And I used to really relate, especially when you, you know, you're young and trying to figure yourself out. Um, but I got to say, though, I think that they've done a beautiful job um, with the translations. Um, and I just I just in general, I love how um it's, it's kind of simple, like the thorn, for example, uh, being almost like a metaphor for struggle and how she depicts struggle, uh, and especially using a thorn, which <clears throat> is something common and something you see in nature. Um, I, I just feel like, I mean, poetry is very much, um, a beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you say. I feel like poetry is like that, that sometimes it's going to appeal to you and sometimes it's not. But I feel with her poems that whether you like poetry or not, they are going to be accessible. There's something that you're going to, <clears throat> to like that will appeal to you. Yeah, because of the simplicity, I feel like, you know, this is something um, that definitely uh, helps to make it accessible to people. 
um, what she talks about, you know, the the themes, they're very conflicted. Mm. They're like you said, she talks a lot about the struggle of life, mm-hmm. and and there's that juxtaposition which I love so much: the beauty, mm-hmm. yes, and the agony or the anxiety, you know, of it all. Exactly, as well. it's like love and loneliness. That you can't not talk about the two together. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. she kind of brings them together so seamlessly it's amazing and i love mm. that you've brought this author to our attention today yes. <laughs> do, do you read her to your to your kids no not yet i think they're too young yeah because yeah. i think it's quite it's quite heavy yeah i think they need to i think when my daughter she's 15 now she gets a little bit older she'll probably uh she'll probably devour them i think beautiful amazing we've run out of time but oh, jessica oh so fast thank you so much that was incredible <laughs> thank you for having me i love being here This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.